Welcome to the Powered by Age, age-friendly city Zoomcast reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Hello, welcome to the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City podcast. This is Thursday, the 14th of May already. And we have been uh, finding a new way to do our podcast from our homes, uh, safe distancing, and learning a whole nother uh, route to producing. We have, uh, in our podcast, we have stories, uh, we have news breaks, we have interviews, and uh, we always start by introducing each other. So I think I said my name. I'm Charlotte Farrell. I'm the coordinator fumbling through <laughs> opening this new reality radio program. And I'll start with Leslie. Hey, um, I'm Leslie Hebert. I'm a longtime resident of New Westminster. Um, former ESL teacher. I still teach uh, ESL online via Skype. And also a writer. I'm a member of the New Westminster Literary Arts Society and was a frequent visitor at Poetic Justice on Sundays. But of course, that's been cancelled now because of the current situation. So, yeah, glad to be here. Okay, Pat. Our voicemail, our voice off. Oh, we can't hear you. <laughs> right, I took, I took the you dog on. Uh, my name is Pat Hogan and I'm uh, here with um, Quirky, which is the Queer Imaging and Writing Collective for Elders. And uh, I've been part of that group since its beginning, which is 13 or 14 years now. And um, I'm involved with um, a lot of political action within the feminist and the lesbian, and the LGBTQ um, community and I have been for many years doing various things in BC and particularly in Vancouver. That's me. Okay, Linda. I'm Linda Forsyth and I uh, was asked to come because of uh, COSCO, the Council of Seniors, an organization of seniors um, around British Columbia doing advocacy, education and campaigns for seniors with seniors. Um, I'll show you this uh, flyer that we just got for Costco. Right, so we're, we're, Cos be we're Costco without the T. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm also you spell that C O S C O. Okay. We are here. Okay. And uh, I'm also on the board of 411, so that's how I know Mariko and do income tax clinics. That's what we were doing when we got stopped mm -hmm. anyway. Okay, and we'll be hearing a little bit more of a presentation about Costco during our me uh, meeting today. Uh, Chris? Uh, my name's Chris Morrissey, and I'm also a member of Corky and have been there since its tender beginnings, um, 14 years. 
Um, we used to meet once a week to do our writing and sharing. And of course, now with, uh, now with what's happening, we still meet every week, but we, we, we meet via Zoom, the same as we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So it's, we've, had to, um, we've had to adapt to the new circumstances. And uh, even despite our age, or maybe because of our age, we've, we've all become quite expert now with another, another platform. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, I'm retired, been retired for a long time. And one, what I do in my volunteer time is to work with the, uh, to work with LGBT refugees and the sponsorship of LGBTQ refugees through Rainbow Refugee Society. Wonderful, thank you. Mariko? Hi, my name is Mariko Takashina and I'm a prog uh, program coordinator at 411 Senior Center Society. And I'm so happy to join uh, this podcast. And as you know, Charlotte is a, an always good supporter for the programs. And I really enjoyed um, last year's Seniors Day celebration, and which uh, Charlotte was leading all the activities. So it has it had a lot of advocacies and in the uh, event. So I still, you know, and uh, remember how impactful uh, it was to me and to people and at the center. And also, and as Linda mentioned, uh, now income tax filing is very big issue. And also the deadline is postponed to uh, October the 1st. <clears throat> Still, and we have to um, file the income tax. And good news is, um, CLA and have and has announced that and um, we are going to have virtual income tax clinic, and um, which is using Zoom as we are doing using, and also email and phone calling. So. Uh, Okay, so I'm very excited to have um, this clinic at 4 Thank you. Okay. Uh, Sharon. Would that be me? Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you, Charlotte. Uh, I'm actually Judith. I go by my middle name, Judith Rainey, and I've been a longtime member of the South Granville Senior Center. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just bumbling along learning new um, new technology, new platforms, um, um, Zoom meetings of 29,000 people and 3,000 meetup groups and 300 person breakout groups. And I'm doing it all on my iPhone. And so I figure I'm, I'm learning, uh, I'm, I'm engaged in learning uh, new technologies and Wow, that's great. That many people is really hard to <laughs> Yeah, to deal it was with. really remarkable. Uh, they managed it. I was really impressed. And I, I won't go on right about it now because you want to go around and everybody introduce themselves. Okay. Uh, Gail. Yeah, hi, I'm Gail Harwood. I am uh, I retired seven years ago from uh, teaching in the downtown east side. I live in uh, I like to call the People's Republic of East Van. <laughs> um, and I'm a writer. 
poetry and uh, prose. And uh, I'm also a photographer. And I should actually drag out my pictures. I'm just uh, thinking of some things. Um, totally love movies. Totally interested in podcasting. Uh, anything else? Oh, yes, I think that everybody knows this, that... Um, the feds are going to uh, give anybody who's collecting OAS some extra money uh, at the end of May. So that's nice. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so there you go. Some good news. And nice to see you, Mariko. Oh, nice to see you, Gail. Okay, that brings oh, yeah, us to Leo. Oh, oh, sorry. Seniors. oh, great. Okay. <laughs> uh, home base. Neil, we're just uh, introducing. Yes, yes, yes. My name is Neil Ryan. Uh, I'm a writer. Uh, I'm a senior guy. Uh, I'm enjoying good health and uh, uh, even got to go for a walk outdoors yesterday for a couple hours. No adventure this week, though. Uh, but uh, hey, I'm, I'm here and uh, what is it? Healthy, happy and mostly sane. Okay, great. And you might want to turn your mic up a little bit. Turn my mic up. Your volume. Yes, mic volume. I don't know. I don't have a mic, so uh, let's try this. See what, how's that? Is that better? Yes. It's a little bit better. I turned up my my speakers, but I don't have a mic. It, it, oh, it, the mic is built in, but yes, when you turn up your speakers, then it magically makes it happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just didn't um, connect with my iPhone before I signed on. I the battery is really low on my phone, so I'm going to have to leave. I really regret this. I really enjoy everybody's sharing, and I uh, apologize. Well, maybe after Bye. charges for a little while, you'll be able to come back in. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay, uh, Mariko had some breaking news uh, about the income tax clinic. Can you tell us about a little bit about uh, what's happening? Yes. So uh, the income tax. Uh, okay. So uh, first, the deadline of income tax filing is postponed until October the first. So temporarily, and we have the deadline until uh, of June first, but then it is again postponed. And the good thing was, and all and uh, eleven is always and uh, advocating and seniors' right and seniors' better life. So and uh, okay, so Marion, our uh, chair board, and she was trying very hard to um, how can I say it? so um, for the um, seniors income okay uh, advocate uh, that you know to secure seniors and benefit without filing income tax of last year. So and um, it is part of our success to uh okay uh first of all it was postponed and also uh, the good news and uh, as uh, neil mentioned an os an uh, extra os of 300 dollars uh, and also uh, an extra gis of 200 dollars will be uh, 
and provided at the end of May or in June. And also, and um, good news and wonderful news is, and um, we are going to have virtual income tax and, uh, and clinic. So before, and um, CLA and um, didn't allow us to use any of uh, the technique, uh, such as internet or and phone calls, but now they allowed um, us to use those techniques to file. So, and we are going. Four Eleven is going to join the virtual income tax clinic too. So we are uh, going to arrange this income tax clinic. So this is our news. Thank you. That's great. Well, one of the things that we had talked about within this group that. Uh, last year with the podcast that peer leaders as people learn something it's like each one teach one so there are people here from different groups and maybe within your group you're the one that have one or two that have been participating more but maybe if you have a phone number for another group member you can walk them through how to get on zoom because with the virtual cl clinic will be necessary for people to know how to sign on so that's something mm -hmm. we can undertake is just each one teach one <laughs> Uh, we we have a special uh, presentation today. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about um, issues people out. wanted to know more about, and one was with the long-term care and what's happening in that arena. And we have Linda here from um, Costco. So, Linda, could you tell us a bit about what Costco is and then what some of the issues are that you're dealing with? Thanks, yeah. Um, Costco is an organization that actually started 70 years ago, and it's an organization of um, both individuals but also groups. And a lot of their groups are um, ret they're retired, they're groups of retired people um, from uh, unions, a lot of unions, a lot of community groups, 411 as part of. Uh, of uh, Costco, West End Seniors Network is part, uh, South Granville is part, and, and also all through the province. Uh, we, we represent probably around 80,000 seniors. And our, our uh, interest is to, to um, kind of make life better for all of us and to do it together rather than to be imposing decisions on people. So you asked about long-term care. Um, a, a lot of people in Costco have been working very hard on the issue of long-term care. And the Canadian Labour Congress has just come out with a petition to get the federal government to um, eliminate the private care homes okay. mm -hmm. and to, to turn them all into public, public, yeah. Okay, my video is closed. Partly because the the uh, the death rate, especially in Ontario and Quebec, and the private uh, for-profit care homes, was three times higher than in, in oh. the ones. But also that there's a, a, a little bit of a conflict of interest, of course, in those homes because the the private care homes are interested in making money, and and sort of have a loyalty, I guess, to the shareholders. Whereas the public ones don't, the, the, the profit incentive is taken out of that. Also, the profit ones are tend to be more locally grown. And um, 
I would like to see, actually personally, I would like to see all of the care homes be rolled into the health system. Mm -hmm. And so that they're provided by our health authorities and, and um, provincially governed, and that they're um, evaluated all the time. I know there's one care home around me, I live in Burnaby, and the, you know, a lot of them have not had any any numbers of uh, the pandemic at all. And they're mainly the, the public care homes. So <clears throat> anyway, there's a big movement afoot because it's actually an opportune time if your organization would like to write a letter to the prime minister saying, we need the, the, the private care homes uh, rolled into the public sector. And, and I think, that, well, you could decide, your group could decide on its own whether you'd want it uh, governed under the, the Canada Health Act. So that's a big one. And it's, a, and it's of course, it's a nightmare because uh, over, I think it's 60% of the deaths in Canada have been in seniors' homes. So that's one of them. Uh, we're also uh, doing a campaign about uh, pharmacare and to have a national pharmacare program that is again attached to our health system so that it is, um, it is um, uh, free, it's universal, it's inclusive and that uh, everybody's uh, drugs would be covered under that, the cost, the cost of the Pharmacare program. The, the Pharmacare program, in fact, would save the government probably between six and $10 billion a year, just by <clears throat> being able to buy drugs in quantity and source them that way, and, um, and not having to reimburse people for their drugs because the drugs would be free. It would be like when you go to the doctor, you don't get handed a bill at the end. So you go to the pharmacy and you wouldn't be handed a bill. We're also making a lot of noise about this, um, <laughs> this uh, pharmacist group that has, the group of pharmacists that has said, oh, we have a shortage of drugs now, so we are only getting one month's supply which means everybody has to pay a dispensing fee every single month. And I know for me, for example, I, I take two drugs and so over the, I, and usually I get them for 90 days, um, but it would cost me an extra $40 just for dispensing fees over three months. So anybody who's taking a lot of drugs, the dispensing fees are really prohibitive. They're usually around $10. And um, so we've been made, made a lot of noise about that. And that seems to be another issue that um, the pharmacy association or association of pharmacists have backtracked on that now. And I was in London Drugs last week to get my prescription and I was going to move it if, if they were going to continue with the one month supply. But I said, can I get three months supply? And they said, yes, you can. So they, they backed down on that, but there was a big uproar. And the people who, of course, it hits hardest are seniors because we're taking more drugs mm -hmm. and we're on fixed income. So it really, really hurts seniors to have to pay these exorbitant fees. And there's no reason for it anyway. It's just price gouging. Mm -hmm. 
Um, is there any other questions? I, yeah, I wanted to ask you a question when you said um, if you wanted to write or, or, there, or make some noise against the pharmacist, who exactly would people write to or contact? Yeah, so this is the Canadian Pharmacists Association, and I don't have their address on me off the top, um, but uh, you can look, you can Google it, and um, also to write to the uh, federal government. Part of it is, um, I mean, the dispensing fees wouldn't be an issue if we had a national pharmacare program. So a national pharmacare program would solve a whole pile of our problems, and be cheaper to run, essentially, in, in the long run. Yeah. Are there questions that others have? Yeah, I just uh, wanted to um, make a mention of a third, um, um, a third offering of a long-term care, and that's a community-based uh, long-term care that's run by a local community, but it's non-profit. And right. the, the real kicker in um, the, the care homes that uh, really work are their workers are unionized and they have collective bargaining and they yes. have pension. And, and the not-for-profits are doing very well as well in terms of the, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because they, you know, they're, they're actually putting money back into their business instead of, you know, yeah. hiding it in the Cayman Islands. Um, but I was thinking of uh, the Louis Breyer uh, Center, a friend of mine is there, and um, it's, there, there's just no issue at all, no outbreaks, not, everybody's negative, it's very good, and they're mm -hmm. really practicing strict uh, guidelines. Um, another thing I wanted to say um, about PharmaCare is I went to, I, I belong to a community uh, clinic uh, in the East End, and uh, I went to get my uh, prescriptions, and um, yeah, it was just as usual, they gave me three months supply, and you know, no problem at all. No extra charges. So. Hi, Sheila. Hi. Sheila's Sheila's in here now. Sheila oh. Hi, Ian. Would you introduce yourself? We we've all introduced ourselves, and, and uh, Linda has started and given an overview of Costco, and people are just asking some questions. But uh, we can maybe unmute yourself so you can introduce yourself. I unmuted you. Oh, me? He's muted again. Yeah, I, I want to, um, with respect to the, the long-term care facilities, I'm pretty familiar with, the, with that system because uh, my partner, my partner uh, when I wasn't able to care for her at home, was in one of the, one of the, 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 the care homes here in, in the city. Um, I have two questions. One is, what about those um, those places like tapestry that are super super expensive? Um, you know, five six thousand dollars a month. Where where do they fit in 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 this whole scheme of things with the nursing homes? Um, so that that's one concern. One question I have. The other is a concern. I heard recently on somebody on TV commenting on um, how how people how seniors want to stay at home, and there, that's true to a certain extent. My concern is two things. One is 
there are insufficient supports for people to stay at home, which is why I couldn't keep my partner at home. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, um, the second thing is there are some situations where people are not able to stay at home because of the, a, a lot of it because of, because of dementia and Alzheimer's. And so my concern is that talking about all this in, 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 the, in the facilities will, will sort of push it over to start talking about, oh, we need more at home and we need more at home, but not at the expense of, of, of facilities. So, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's a bit of a balance. Um, maybe Sheila wants to answer that. Can you unmute yourself, Sheila? Sheila? You got oh, your, unmuted. I unmuted you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Can you, am I coming through? Yes. All right. Thinking about the continuity of care, we're really turning our attention to that because we're frightened that after we get over all of the virus problems, which may be a long time, we are wondering what is going to happen in terms of change because we know that those there were some scandalous happenings when people in care homes were not protected and the true living conditions were revealed. So we're aware of the need not to repeat history because we we it's shameful in a country like ours or any country really i suppose but thinking of canada and british columbia it's astonishing how people reacted what will they do when it's over and they've spent a lot of money will they say to us well we spent all that money in uh, the time of the virus and now we don't have money to to make public those uh, private homes where it seems most of the problems lie. So I sent a message to Peter Julian yesterday saying I wondered whether there was a sort of task force working on when it's over. So it's heartbreaking, really. And we're very, very much aware we've chosen the whole situation as the objective that we're going to work towards in the coming year. Linda could explain some of that. She's uh, our membership chair and also she's looking after uh, pensions and the like. Linda, do you want to comment? Well, I, I think I'll answer Chris's questions, I think, um, or attempt to answer them anyway. Uh, one, one is um, your comment about tapestry. I don't know tapestry, but I know a number of private care homes, and they can range anywhere between four and $10,000 a month. Yeah. 
they're hugely hugely expensive and um and they're and they're private and he a friend of mine was sister was in one and she was paying ten thousand a month and at night they had two nurses on that was it and night's a, a very important time for people at end of life because it's often when they die mm -hmm. and and so they didn't feel that there was um, a, a lot of care going on there however i for people who can afford it i guess it's not a problem i don't know but i mean i certainly couldn't afford it the other other uh, question you asked, which was this staying at home, mm -hmm. and certainly the United Way has been very involved with this with the Better at Homes program. Uh, it didn't work very well, and I think it was because um, there wasn't um, enough funding that the demand, I guess, was higher than what they could deal with. And I know that in Burnaby, they had to cut off their wait list. So people would phone up and say, could I get some help with my shopping or, or cleaning or whatever? And uh, they just stopped it. Um, they said, there's no more room. There's no more people. That want it. So it didn't work. Um, and, the, and certainly I think a lot of people would like to spend the rest of their days at home if it's possible. And if you have people who are um, suffering from dementias or any of the dementias, um, that's really tough because the care is usually around the clock care and, and, uh, and, and people can't do it at home. But there's, there's, there's a point where people can, uh, I guess, well, there's, there's a limit, but where people can stay at home and that they should be able to do that if they choose, if they want to be at home. The other problem, of course, with care homes is that they've they've now uncovered is that you know three and four people in one room, uh, uh, um, the only privacy they have is a is a curtain, so it's not that's not much when you've lived your whole life, and then you find yourself in a room with three strangers oh and, and you have no rights at all. Yeah. So, there's a, a lot of changes and what Sheila said, I think was really important around, we need to be uh, getting a, some kind of um, a, a group together to deal with what's going to happen after this pandemic. We're you know in a crisis right now and it's fine, they're just throwing money at it, but let's try to rationalize it and kind of figure out what's best for seniors. But it is pretty disgraceful that we've lost so many seniors in this pandemic, and um, and that it it has exposed problems that we've known about for years, but nobody listened. Mm. So now they're listening. Sorry. Yeah, I just want to make one more comment around the better at home in coastal health. Nobody does grocery shopping, dishes, or cleaning, or washing your clothes unless you're really in a bad situation and you cannot do it. So in the past, there used to be um, support, work, support care workers one and support work, workers two. And the ones used to do those kinds of things, assisting with that kind of stuff to help you stay at home, particularly if you live alone. And the twos then did the more, the more skilled um, the more skilled kind of work, whether it was medications, showers, bathing, um, those kinds of things. So the Better at Home program um, 
I, you're right that United Way put this money at it, but there's no way that it's adequate. Mm. Absolutely no way. Mm. Um, because, I mean, I know, I know the West End Seniors Network, they set up some kind of a, a list of people that you could call retired people, like an electrician or a this or a that, that you could call and they would come in and you would pay them a, you'd pay them a bit. You wouldn't pay them the same price of, as you'd pay a plumber. So that, so, but it's all coming back to, it's all coming back to it's our responsibility. And that's my concern. You know, we've paid taxes all our lives and now at, here we are and we're expected to continue um, putting out money for things that we have paid our taxes for in the past. So um, the, the, the better, from my perspective, and I, I, I've been fairly active in this kind of stuff, the better at home does not work. It just doesn't work. For, for most people. Yep. Thinking, <laughs> thinking about your remarks, tapestry and the other very, very expensive care facilities, I think that there's a whole range that doesn't necessarily even depend upon the fees that one is paying. I have several friends who live at tapestry and they're very, very well cared for. There are other homes where they simply aren't. Staff makes a big difference. Many times the staff cannot really survive on the amount of hours that they're getting at a particular home. So they work at more than one. And it's, it's easy to kind of think that the title tells us everything about what's happening, but there is no proper supervision of care homes. There really isn't. The government does not have a plan, does not have people who drop in and say, look, I'm here to inspect. So we have a great many needs. We have a great many problems that we'd like some help with, hoping that we can. With regard to the better at home, you know that it's a United Way was given $50 million to, I, I'm not exactly sure what they are doing with it. I hope to find out though. I've got a call into one of the heads of, uh, of United Way and uh, we really do need to know how that money is going to be used, how it's going to be tracked. It's a lot of money. Anyway, uh, every, every morning when we get up, we sort of think, what can we further today? And we're identifying, I think Linda would agree, we're identifying people who are of the same mind as we are wanting to make improvements, determined to make improvements, it would be adding to the tragedy if we fall back on the same ways that we have treated a great many people, almost as though they're uh, to be blamed for the conditions. 
and they are not to be blamed. And I think it's the same situation with the homeless crisis too. That, that there's this possibility that we become disposable. Oh, yes. Yes. Now, for Treated like who, commodities. For people who might be, you know, listening to the podcast as well as, you know, members of the different organizations that uh, have people participating in this podcast, what can people do? Uh, would people join the co-op or is there an address or a website that you could give to tell people how to connect with you to be behind this effort of greater scrutiny? We have a website. It's called costcobc.org. So C-O-S-C-O, -C -O, not the, with a T, <laughs> costcobc.org. And you can find uh, lots of stuff on there. We have a, a newsletter that's coming out uh, fairly regularly. We have uh, a highlights, monthly uh, update on what's happening. And it's all based around seniors. If you live in the Lower Mainland, you can join Costco and as and uh, it was popular. Um, join join um, <clears throat> Costco as an individual and come to our meetings. We meet every second Friday. Well, not lately, but every second Friday at the Hastings Community Center. At at where? Hastings Community Center, okay. and it's at 10 a.m. 10 to noon. And people are welcome to, to join. We have uh, two kinds of membership, associates and affiliates. And affiliates are the organization. So if you have an organization that's interested in joining Costco, you can do that. All the information is on the website. Uh, and if you're an individual, you join as it's called an associate. And uh, you can join as well. So we're both on the website. And this flyer, is, uh, which I showed you earlier, I guess you can't see the whole thing in one go, but there it is. So that is, uh, it's a report? No, uh, the flyer is, uh, is just telling people about our organization and there's a sign up, there's a, um, a membership form there if you wanted to, people wanted to yeah. see. fill it out. And are you physically meeting doing the safe distancing or are you all using Zoom meetings? Oh, we're all in Zoom. Yeah, we're in Zoom. We had a meeting last uh, week, I guess it was, with, uh, with Peter Julian, who's the MP for uh, Burnaby New Westminster. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just asked him a bunch of questions about what the federal government was doing and what we felt should be happening. Uh, we keep a fairly close contact with um, the, the, we're also affiliated with the national pensioners. So we, we keep close contact with what's happening nationally, but also provincially and locally. Yeah. So a lot of our local groups, uh, we have one uh, for you people in Burnaby called the Voices of Burnaby Seniors. And they've also affiliated with uh, Costco because it's a good way to keep up on the issues, the campaigns, the information that, that uh, you know, people need to have. You know, we do workshops. We do all kinds of workshops, all kinds of workshops. <laughs> yeah. So one of the goals people expressed was not being, you know, that there's a reservoir of knowledge among retired people. There's a reservoir of skills. So knowing the advocacy, I think, 
you know, that it's important that you have workshops on uh, who to contact, how to contact, you know, whether it's things that you're going to write letters or petitions about, that it seems like this would be a good way for people um, to get connected yeah. with other people. Like you said, like-minded. When like-minded people can put their strength and knowledge behind issues uh, such as bringing these institutions all in under the Health Care Act. Yep. We have we have other things. We have a lot of stuff on income security for everybody here. I think is retired except Mariko, of course. But um, and maybe you're not, <laughs> um, Carolyn. But but uh, everybody else is retired. And the the issue around um, pensions has come up now because uh, there is real worry that people who are getting pensions from their uh, workplaces. Uh, may have them cut back. And so there's there's been a real attack on pensions for people. Um, the other thing, of course, that we try to deal with is the increase in the old age security and uh, the GIS, the Guaranteed Income Supplement for people. So there's all kinds of things that happen around those. Um, and one of the things that Marika was talking about was the, the uh, if our filing date is now October 1st, Mariko, we cannot find any information on that other than what Marion posted. It's not on the websites of the CRA or the Government of Canada. So I, I just want to caution everybody about that. We can't find it. And, uh, but but the, the uh, there's all kinds of issues around the uh, the guaranteed income supplement and the fact that you know people who get the guaranteed income supplement usually earn just over eighteen thousand dollars a year, and that's in this town it's not very much money. And so and then when you're talking about you know putting extra dispensing fees on medications and stuff, it just makes you crazy. So we're trying to deal with um, with the, those kinds of things to increase the OAS, to increase the GIS uh, for the lowest income people. We uh, Costco's put a motion forward and the National Pensioners to raise the OAS to $2,000 a month. And that was a couple of years ago. And that was sort of like, what are you talking about? But now they're all talking about this, this uh, basic income. And it's at two thousand dollars a month would be twenty four thousand a year, and uh, they're talking about a basic income now of twenty two thousand a year. So you know, it it becomes possible. So that's that, and then we're uh, all the issues around housing, uh, huge housing issues, homelessness issues. Somebody mentioned homelessness before. But uh, big issues around those kinds of things that we continue to work on. And the latest, of course, affront is the, um, the insurance companies uh, uh, skyrocketing their fees for Stratus. Mm -hmm. And uh, some, some uh, Stratus have just had these huge increases. And what their insurance companies are saying is because of the cost of floods, and other kinds of things. I forget what the other one was, but it was floods and something else, which, which oh, fires and floods, which hasn't affected the lower mainland at all. So where, what's, why are we getting, you know, huge increases in strata fees? And this is for the building strata fee, not your individual strata fee. Mm -hmm. 
um, I think those are going up a little bit too. But anyway, that's another one that looks to us like a bit of a cash grab. Um, so, yeah. yeah we've got I, someone else just join in our, our, our group. It's email, Emily? Emilia. Emilia, hi, welcome. Hi. <laughs> uh, just briefly introduce yourself. Everyone has introduced themselves or... Um, Oh, hello. Well, my name is Emilia. Um, this is the first time I join a Zoom meeting, so I'm just observing. I, um, I am interested in the topic, obviously. Um, I don't know what else can I say. <laughs> um, I live in Vancouver, and um, yeah, I, um, I'm 71 years old. <laughs> Oh, well, welcome. Uh, this group, uh, each week we share creative arts, we share news, we're beginning uh, having uh, guests come on around particular topics, so uh, welcome. Thank you. Okay. okay, are there any other questions uh, before we go into our creative arts section of the uh, Yeah, just um, a comment on the idea of sort of re-making uh, the care homes public again. I sort of saw a microcosm of this in a Soyuz where my sister-in-law worked as a practical nurse and she worked at the seniors care home there. Um, the previous Liberal government decided in their wisdom to close that facility and then license a private facility in the town, which again was the only care facility in the town. And so all the staff at the public care home lost their jobs and the opportunity now was to go and work for half the money at the private facility where the uh, staff client ratio was probably double so they'd have twice as many people to look after um, so immediately you can see that conditions were going to deteriorate and then the um, the families or the clients had to pay for all these extra things like wheelchairs and you know different things that used to be included in the fee for the public care home so um yeah so it just um there was no choice it was the only care home in town so you know to open up a public facility again i think you know i could see what was wrong with it right there the staff were suffering the clients were suffering and of course also now with the epidemic we've seen how staff have had to move from one facility to the other in order to make a living wage they've had to work at two or three different facilities and carried infection right right that was one of the you mm -hmm. know questions of how did it spread so fast among mm -hmm. different institutions when the people hadn't gone anywhere the residents were in one place so mm -hmm. uh, um i have something i'd like to add to the, the thing about tax um i do my tax at with a group in downtown Vancouver called Simple Tax. And um, if you need information, I have a phone number or at least an email address, but uh, they charge whatever you want to pay. It, they have no schedule. Uh, uh, I, I, they do my taxes and I give, I send them uh originally it was only i only paid 15 dollars and now I've, i'm so grateful for them because they they uh, they treat me like i'm a, a high roller and i'm not uh 
and uh, I but I give them twenty dollars. They do my tax. So uh, they also have information about the October, uh, the change to October. So uh, I don't normally promote companies, but these guys. Uh, there's about eight of them, and they're all accountants, and uh, they they don't do it pro bono, but they work to give seniors uh, a real break in terms of doing taxes. Their name is Simple Tax. And, uh, Simple Tax? Simple Tax. And uh, let me just go to the bottom of their email, because they just sent me one. Uh, Kelly, Nikki, Peter, Polly, Sean, and, and Bish. And they're on Facebook as Simple Tax, Simple Tax Software Inc., 422 Richard Street, Vancouver, V6B2Z4. I don't have their phone number. They're on Facebook and they're on Twitter. Okay, and, Neil, what are they doing now with the social distancing? Are they doing remote assistance? What are yeah, they doing? Yeah, they're, they're, I, I, I've never actually met the people uh, oh, okay. um, at any time. And I've always dealt with them online. So, okay. um, uh, hey, it was just my response. And, uh, Gail, you mentioned, uh, uh, oh, oh, by the way, I apologize for all my ins and outs. I got kicked out of my office uh, when Michelle came back from her run, so I had to wander. I'm out here on my balcony. Thank you very much. A uh, little chilly, mind you, but uh, uh, Gail, you mentioned about the uh, increase in the seniors at the end of the month. Is that Yeah, right? one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do we have to apply for that no, or no? If you if you get OAS, you get the um, top up, and for uh, all seniors uh, collecting OAS old age security, it's three hundred dollars, and for people on guaranteed income supplement, <clears throat> they get an extra two hundred dollars. Cool. Oh, I, I, and um, as per the um, taxes, uh, uh, the tax. Um, uh, deadline. Uh, my accountant told me, uh, also told me, uh, they, they pushed it back to September. That's what she told me. Um, well, there's been a lot of dates thrown around. I've heard a September date, but it was if you owed money, you had to pay by September. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, 411 does about uh, between 1800 and 2000 tax returns a year and they're for low-income seniors. There's no charge at all, it's free, uh, but people make donations. So when you were talking about that, Neil, it's kind of like the group you're talking about. And uh, but there's a number of organizations around the city. I know 411 is the biggest one. We complain all the time because um, to CRA because they have downloaded that service. They used to, you used to be able to go into Service Canada and get your taxes done, and you, now you can't. So, they've downloaded it and then we have to end up providing the space which is rent for us so we we pay a huge rent and we have to pay for staff time we have one coordinator who coordinates the whole thing 
and it takes about three months of her staff time. So we have complained, um, but but uh, on the other hand, I really like doing it. I think it's a, one of the great services that we can do for people to make sure they get their taxes in on time. So it's been quite a panic for people because they are, are freaking out that they're going to get their GIS cut off, which means for a lot of them, no food. And... Um, and they're uh, all, all kinds of other, their GST uh, rebates and stuff like that. It's all based on income tax. Your, uh, your um, provincial government subsidy, low income subsidy is also based on your income tax. So you have to file income tax. And we're always telling people that even if you didn't make any money, file income taxes because you, there are benefits attached to it. But it's now we're, we're stuck. You know, and, and um, hopefully we'll be able to get back on track. Okay, I think we're going to make a transition into our creative arts. We had from last week, Pat had a couple of poems and... Can I just ask Neil if he could repeat that Facebook address? Uh, just one second. Uh, at, uh, I said they are on Facebook. Let me just click that and, and uh, see. Sorry, Charlotte. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> simple Tax simple Canada is on Facebook. So it's just Simple Tax Canada. Okay. And, and uh, uh, okay. I, don't think, I don't think there is an address. I think you just, I can, I can go ahead and log in and see what it is. Okay, that's fine. Simple text software. And uh, I've, I've been treated royally with them. So uh, a couple of years ago, I had a serious problem with, with uh, our, our, our wonderful tax people. And uh, they just jumped right in and solved the problem. So, and... Uh, Oh, Charlotte, thank you. I have to take my leave. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful as usual. I, my, my goddaughter has invited me over for a socially distant picnic in her backyard. And uh, uh, she's also going to do my laundry. So wow, that's wonderful. <laughs> See you guys next week. Yeah, I've just found the URL for the simple text. I've just put it into the messenger here. Okay. okay. Well, I want to thank uh, Linda and Sheila for taking the time to tell us about Costco. Uh, I had a great mystery with, you know, picturing, you know, the superstore. So now I know you're a super organization that really helps to connect people, as you said, of like-minded energy and help us see how we can use the great power we have of, you know, powered by age. We can use the power of our age uh, to write the right letters, to call the right offices, you know, do the things that we need to do to even have an inquiry uh, on one of the, uh, Canadian stations, they were talking uh, about uh, having an inquiry, that there needs to be an inquiry into how the conditions that the military of all people are finding in Canadian nursing homes and uh, things that people have been reporting where they're paying a lot of money and, you know, going and find their relatives, you know, not well kept. So I think keeping mm -hmm. us abreast of 
whoever's leading the inquiry or if their names or people we want to make sure that they include, that those are ways that we can use the power of our age uh, to make sure that it happens and stays visible uh, as an issue and doesn't just, you know, drop off the scenes once we have some better results in stopping the COVID ep epidemic. Okay, as I said, we, we transition a bit. We always have some creative arts at the end of uh, last time. Uh, Pat mentioned she had a poem to share and Neil and Leslie have been working on a new um, product, which is a overlap of a story and a poem. So it might give us a teaser to it just so we can have a sense of what that's about. It's a combination of poetry and short story, and it it it, it takes a, a, a one part story, one part poetry, one part. <laughs> Leslie, are you uh, up for that? For a oh yeah, bit? it's um, it focuses on memory. Um, it's uh, both of us, and we had very different childhood memories. Uh, Neil grew up very much in a wilderness environment. And mine was a total contrast growing up in the, the smoky city of London. Um, so um, it's a contrast between our two childhoods, basically. And well, a contrast between poetry and prose. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll start and then you can do, and uh, let's do the first two sections, okay? Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. This is a short story called it, A Million 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 Stars. It's cold out, put a hat on. Do you know the Northern Ontario winter? The crisp, cold, crystal clear Northern Ontario winter? Yes, it can be cold and bitter, not to mention the icy winds, but it can also snow so hard, you cannot see it beyond a few feet. But in its quieter, gentler, white blanket moments, it can be awesome in its beauty with picturesque scenes of snow covered. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, just a second while I get the rest of the story. <laughs> it decided to take a walk. I got I to put my so, okay. I hope it didn't blow over the balcony. Uh, oh, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love it out here. I, I usually have an office out here, but it's still a little chilly. So, um, snow covered trees and landscape of sheer beauty. There is an exhilarating freshness that demands one come out and play. Come out and play, after all, I was five and a half years old when we moved into the lumber camp. Abitibi Camp 220 was halfway up the west shore of Lake Nipigon in Northern Ontario. We lived there from the fall of 1945 until the spring of my ninth, uh, the spring following my ninth birthday. My father, the store's manager, and the Cook and Woods manager were committed to have their families along with them. So along with my mother and one of my two older brothers, off we went to camp. I was homeschooled, but the lumber camp was the perfect teacher for that suited 
and unquestionable curiosity of a young explorer. I watched blacksmith make and mount shoes on the workhorses that haul the felled trees to the river. And I learned how it is for cooks and cookies to feed 50 or so hungry men three meals a day cooked on wood-fired stoves. From the fall of 1945, when we moved into the lumber camp until we left in the late spring of 1949, after my ninth birthday, the camp taught me about life, both its joys and its sorrows. Memory. Memory becomes archaeology as I dig down among the broken pots and ancient bones of my past to bring precious memories into the light. Only shreds and shards remain. Shattered brick and plaster lie in the crater of the bombed out house, still ruined, eight years after the war, where I played, where I searched the rubble, seeking traces of the children who lived there before the blitz, unearthing nothing but a broken candlestick and a smashed plate. From the river. The camp overlooked a river, which was our source of fresh water. During the summer, the water was drawn from the river by a hand pump. But in the winter, when the river was frozen, and it was safe to draw to take a horse-drawn sleigh out onto the river. Water was taken from the ice, from a hole chopped in the ice. Bucket by bucket, the water was spilled into a large, huge, square wooden tub that rested on skis. After filling, the sled was drawn up the hill to supply rest water the freshwater needs of the camp. That day I learned never to hitch a ride on the back of a sled carrying a water-filled tub. At the back of the tub, I was able to climb onto the sled and hold onto the top edge of the, of the tub. As the sled started up the hill, at least a bucket full of ice cold water, full of water, of ice cold water leaked the back of the tub, splashing over my face, mittened hands, and down both inside and outside my parka. Despite the sunny day, at minus 20 degree weather, my water-soaked parka and mittens began to freeze solid in just a few minutes. I was most grateful that my mother in a warm cabin was just a short, stiff walk up the hill. Water. Hot water flows on demand into my washing machine and out of my shower. I am grateful for the gift I have not always enjoyed such liquid bounty. When I was a child, water wept from a single tap into the scullery sink and rode from there bucket by bucket into the gas boiler. On Sunday, boiling water was hauled bucket by bucket to the gray cloud, cloud gray tub by the soft warmth of the hearth, by the golden light of the flickering flames where we bathed in turn, breathing the warm odor of coal smoke. On Monday, 
The boiler was a ravenous beast, gorging on soap and bedding and a sapphire paper twist, a taste of bluing for bright white sheets. My mother, hands boiled scarlet and chapped from bleach, twisted sheets around her arms into a curling snake to squeeze water from the wash and hang it out to dry and smoke in the damp London air. We could continue, but uh, I, I don't know how much time you have. Do we have, have time, for... Charlotte? Okay. I didn't know pigs could swim. At the far eastern end of the camp was a, pig, a pigsty where several pigs were kept for fresh meat. One day, a sow dropped eight piglets that were small enough to escape the confines of the sty and wander throughout the camp. Down from the main part of the camp at the river was a narrow bridge. It was just boards nailed onto a log that floated right at the river level. And in the fall, the bridge caught the leaves as they drifted downstream. The warm afternoon sun tended to dry out the top layer, which to the pigs appeared to be dry land. They would step out onto the leaves and plop, down they would go. A few seconds later, a pig would pop back up, squealing loudly and paddle her way to the shore. I remember laughing out loud at their antics. I didn't know. Never saw a pig, never saw a cow, never rode a horse, didn't know how. I hated bread crusts. I saved them for the sparrows, rubbed them to crumbs to scatter on the cement in our backyard. Never saw a pig, never saw a cow, never rode a horse, didn't know how. I chased our cat around the house, but she never let me catch her. I didn't know she chased sparrows. The boy next door had no cat to chase. He played with snails, raced them along the top of the brick wall between our backyards. I didn't know snails could race. Never saw a pig, never saw a cow, never rode a horse, didn't know how. I can't. Uh, your sound's off, Charlotte, I think. It said we would stop, and uh, I didn't realize I had muted myself for the background <laughs> noises. Yes, that was a wonderful excerpt from that work. Uh, we're saying, because we have within our group uh, writers, uh, poets, people with songs, that we will uh, do things that are longer pieces in excerpts. So this is an introductory to your collaboration piece called Memory? A Million Million Stars. A Million Million Stars. Yeah, and that's about half of it, I think, isn't it, Neil? Yeah, I think it's so. About halfway through. Because yeah. then we do the horse with no name and, and yeah, 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 that's about half. Okay, so we will well, continue to hear more of it next time. Uh, Pat, did you have a poem that you wanted to share? No, uh, no, I, I actually just ch um, sent you a chat saying that I didn't know that I had offered that. 
and I don't. Oh, have okay. <laughs> All right. Did anyone have any comments that you'd like to share? We do what's called RIF, and RIF is a part of a, of the digital storytelling form. And RIF means uh, reflective, interesting, informative, uh, friendly feedback. That's my timer. The timers. Well, uh, so well, I was going to see if anyone had any feedback they wanted to give you. No. Chris, are you talking? Are you muted? You're muted. Wait, Chris is okay. no, I'm unmuted. You were your mouth was moving. <laughs> I I thought it was really good. I I liked the contrast between the two different experiences. Um, and the interesting thing for me is I could relate, uh, thinking about the earlier, the well, all of them actually, I could relate to both of them. So it's interesting how our, our lives are, how our lives change over time. And um, I, I like the imagery that you had I like that uh, business of wringing out the sheet until it was like a snake. I, I so remember that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I love the I love the imagery as well that you had, Neil, um, and that the notion of having to go to the river. Um, I grew up in Prince, in South Fort George many 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 years ago, and we had to do the same in the winter because. Was, we couldn't pump the water out of the well. So it's interesting how, how both, both of those pieces for me kind of come together. So I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And, and I think that's what we thought when we first talked about it is that the, the, it's sort of like the, the right and the left all at the same yeah. time. So. Yeah, there's differences and there's similarities, there's commonalities, you know, in yeah. spite of us having very different experiences. Yeah. yeah. And we both come from the same era, you know, the, the, I, I, I remember the war from Northern Ontario because mm -hmm. everybody would talk about the people that didn't come back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, th I thought it was a very creative form, for, form right, of having the, 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 the back and forth, like the two voices. Um, and I think for me, it was, it, was, it was really good that there was a man and a woman. That also added to the, to the diversity of the, uh, of the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm also looking forward to the next pieces. Thanks, Chris. Next installation. It's just like when we the movies when I was a kid. Remember when it was serialized? You know, it come to a point and then the music would play and they'd say, yeah, next week. Da -da -da -da. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Leslie. Okay. Thank you, Neil. Thank each of you for uh, tuning in today, for sharing. This is Powered by Age, Age Friendly City podcast reality podcast show and um, you can find it now on everywhere podcasts are formed but the platform is anchor like the anchor that's at a ship anchor.ca no anchor.fm 
So you can tell your friends to check that. And the first four episodes have been posted and we're, we're aiming toward uh, where we produce one one week by the next week, it will be posted. So yes, you can share the links with others. And uh, someone uh, who was tasking me from the center uh, will people be able to search? There's a thing called hashtags. And when you send a message about it, if you put hashtag senior issues or hashtag health or hashtag COSCO, then other people, it builds, it's like building um, uh, a library file. So people who are looking for things that come up under that hashtag, but then it would direct them back to our podcast. So we're learning how to use, we, Mariko has got a volunteer uh, for us at the 411 Center who's interested in helping with social media. Uh, Adele, one of our uh, uh, resource people is quite skilled with social media. So we'll really be uh, popping out there and our topics will be highlighted where other seniors and people can find out about it. So thank mm -hmm. you so much. And I'll see you again next Monday at one. I mean, not <laughs> I'll see next Thursday, Thursday at 1 p.m.